You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, we are one week till Christmas. I hope... uh, all the gentlemen have done all their Christmas shopping already. I don't know if Walmart's 24 hours, days leading up to Christmas or not, but uh, hopefully for some of your sakes, it is. <laughs> but uh, do you know what? I can say probably for the first time that I'm done all my Christmas shopping before Christmas Eve. Yes, thank you. It is a feat, trust me. And uh, not because I can't shop during the season before Christmas season, but it just eludes me sometimes. I don't know. Maybe some of you understand my plight. But uh, this morning, I just wanted to, um, I'll start off with a word of prayer. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are good. God, I thank you, Lord, that you made a way where there was no way. God, you made a way for us to be reconciled back to you through your son. And Lord, we thank you, God, for your son. This is the season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And the birth is significant because of Jesus, what you did on the cross. So Lord, we thank you, God, that we have life and fullness thereof in you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, today that ears would be opened, that our spiritual eyes would be open as well. God, that we would be able to draw from your scriptures, God, something that is practical, God, something of spiritual significance, Lord, that would change our life. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you here and give you permission to do the work in our hearts that you need to do. So Lord, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the gospel is, the, is simply a word that means good news. Romans 1, 2 to 6 and verse 8 says, The good news was promised long ago by God, Though his prof through his prophets and holy scriptures, it is the good news about his son Jesus who came as a man born into the King David's royal line. And Jesus, our Lord, was shown to be the Son of God when God powerfully raised him from the dead by means of the Holy Spirit or by the Spirit of holiness. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority to tell everyone everywhere what God has done for them. So they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. You are among those who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ, dear friends in Rome, in our case, in Cold Lake. God loves you dearly, and he has called you to be his very own people. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we can all now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. What an amazing privilege it is to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What an amazing privilege it is to be able to commune with the Holy Spirit I thank God for it every day. And as grateful as I attempt to be, 
I often find myself taking God's generosity for granted. And a lot of times, I find it very easy to make it about me. I don't know if any of you have this problem where you inadvertently make something about you that has nothing to do with you. Well, you know, I'll give you an example that just happened a few days ago. Rhea and I uh, had our youth leaders over um, for, for a youth leadership appreciation dinner, and we ordered Chinese, and we had some Chinese leftovers in our fridge. And sometimes ch certain Chinese leftovers will eat hot, sometimes we'll have them cold. This particular evening, I wanted them hot. But Rhea went to the fridge and she took out a bunch of the trays, the styrofoam trays, and um, I said, would you like me to heat up some food for you? And she looked at, at the saucepan and said, no. No, I don't. And I said, oh, okay, and started serving myself my food into my tray, and then all of a sudden she said, you know what, I don't even want Chinese food. And she opens the fridge and starts looking for something else. And I'm standing there looking at her and I said, seriously, you're not gonna have Chinese food because I offered to heat it up for you? <laughs> And she looked at me and she went, don't give yourself so much credit. The reason I don't want to eat Chinese food is because I don't want to eat Chinese food. I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's cold. I just don't want to eat it. It has nothing to do with you. Have you ever been there? For some of us, it's daily. <laughs> but it is easy to take our eyes off of God sometimes and make it about ourselves, start looking on ourselves and turn our spiritual walk into God I want you to love me God show me how you love me and making it about us but ultimately it's all about him it's about the glory of God and expanding the kingdom of God here on earth so that we would see on earth as it is in heaven our focus should be to know Jesus Christ better and we're each called to preach and share the good news with people, with every tongue, with every tribe, and every nation. And I was thinking about this this week as I was preparing my message, that each one of you does not even have to leave Cold Lake to share the good news with every tribe, tongue, and nation. Modern-day immigration and refugee uh, situations bring the nations right to our doorstep, bring the nations to Canada. And what an amazing thing that we get to be a country that is filled with people from all over the world. So even if God doesn't call you to some distant place, we can accomplish that just by being Christians here in Cold Lake. Just by sharing your faith with those around you. Those that you bump shoulders with every single day. This Christian Christmas season, it's my prayer that each one of us this morning would be reminded of the most amazing gift and blessing that God has ever given us, and that is himself. For me, one of the second greatest blessings is being able to share that, that God has given me with someone else. And it is a huge blessing to see the Holy Spirit do transformational work in the life of another person. And my hope today is that my message will inspire you to get better acquainted with the gospel so that you will take some time to read the good news and, and begin to better articulate the good news and do it comfortably. Because I know there are some of you in this room who have been saved for quite a few years but still struggle to articulate the gospel in situations. And sometimes it can be intimidating, especially 
depending on where you work and where you are, there are times that God will prompt you to share something and you might be thinking, oh, this is my workplace. Is this an appropriate place for me to share my faith? But I want to encourage you today to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to let the Holy Spirit lead you, and to practice. Because I think many of us feel illiterate sometimes in articulating the gospel because we don't do it enough. And the more that we begin to share from our heart what God has done, the more we can share the story of the good news of what Christ has done for all people, the more natural it'll be, the more natural it'll become. If there's one thing worth learning to do well as a Christian, is to share the good news, is to be able to share the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, Romans 1.16. You see, it's amazing. Every single one of us that is in this room, that has given their heart to the Lord at some point in your life, was confronted with the gospel. You heard the gospel and you had to make a choice to receive it and receive Christ as your personal savior or to reject it. And now that we've received Christ, we are now ambassadors, representatives, messengers of the gospel to the world around us. And as a pastoral team, all of us that were up here at the front, our job is to help prepare and equip you guys, the messengers of the gospel, to go out into your community, to go into your spheres of influence, your workplaces, when you're at the gym, around the water cooler, wherever you go, to train and equip you guys to be able to do that effectively. And we're here to support you, to build up Christ Church, which is you and which is me. But you guys have spheres of influences that Pastor Hayward and myself and Pastor Cynthia will never have. And if we were it, if us preaching on Sunday mornings was the extent of the gospel going out in this community, it would never happen very effectively. Holy Spirit would have to come and do something mightily amazing, but he chooses to work through us. It's the way that he set it up. And um, what's amazing about this is that we get to be blessed as well. Does God absolutely need us? Does he need me to be standing here right now? I don't know if he needs me to, but he wants me to. And he's called me here. And I am so excited that he has and blessed that he has. If you're new to the faith, if you're new to Coley Community Church, I just want to encourage you this morning to get plugged in in this new year to a small group, but specifically a new believers class. We have one at our church. It's called Jesus Walk. And it's really important that we begin our Jesus walk, our walk with Jesus, our spiritual journey on a strong footing. And so right now, Leo and Annette, they do an amazing job um, with that. And um, a strong foundation, it begins by knowing Jesus. It begins by knowing the word of God. It begins to under, by understanding the gospel. And at first, when you open up the word of God, you'll likely need to be walked through it quite a bit. There'll be a lot of things you don't understand, a lot of context, of, especially in the Old Testament and the New. Um, but the more and the more that you get into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will continue to guide you and illuminate the Scriptures so that you will understand them. In the book of Galatians, Apostle Paul articulates what happens when believers do not have a strong foundation. He says, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who is the love and mercy 
who in his love and mercy called you to share the eternal life he gives through Christ. You are already following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who twist and change the truth concerning Christ. We need to be students of the word of God. We need to know when we hear something, if it's really the word of God or not. And um, where's the best place to start? Well, this morning, I'd like to start with the gospel, specifically from the book of Mark. It's a pretty good book. I like it. Great name. You know, the first time I was handed a Bible, I was at a, a Bible camp, and I was... I was eight years old, and they gave me this paperback, kind of generic Bible for a little you know, Bible study sort of thing that we were doing. And I was flipping through the pages, and I came across the book of Mark. And I thought, for the first time, I thought, eh, maybe this book isn't so bad. But um, it helps. But um, that was before I had any biblical knowledge at all. But it took me quite a few, few more years beyond that to... to uh, to really understand who God was and to receive him. But 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and the purity of devotion to Christ. Some Bible translations say the simplicity and purity that is towards Christ. And you see, the gospel message really is a simple one. That God loved you so much that God gave up the Son of God gave up all the rights of God and came humbly as a man, fully man, and yet fully God, lived a sinless life, sacrificed himself on the cross, shed his blood so that we could be reconciled back to God. It's fairly simple, and we can trust in God, and the application of trusting in Christ is not complicated. It's actually quite simple. To believe in him and receive him, you gain eternal life. John 17, 3, eternal life, that we would know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. You see, the gospel message is simple. Understanding God and all of his plans and, and how everything works together for his glory often isn't. There are many holes, things that we don't know, we see in part. However, the things of God, even though God makes them simple, are deep, and many beyond human understanding. Apostle Pelt says, spirit, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who among men knows the thoughts of ma a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. And we may understand what God has freely given to us. You see, God has a plan for our life. And the more we get to know the Holy Spirit, the more we live in the Spirit, the more we'll begin to recognize the Spirit within us, and the more we will desire and be made aware of God's will and plans for our lives. And sometimes we only see things in part, and God shows us things in pieces. And requires us to step out in faith. And to step out when God prompts us and when he leads. But um, we're going to start here looking at the book of Mark here. And um, 
primarily we're just going to be looking at the first three quarters of chapter one of Mark. And a few notes that I'd like to make about the Gospel of Mark. One is that the Gospel of Mark is the shortest gospel. It's basically the, the Coles Noakes condensed version of the Gospels. And um, many scholars believe that it was likely one of the first Gospels written. And funny enough, it's a week before Christmas, but I really felt led to share from the one Gospel that does not have the genealogy of Christ, that does not contain the story of the birth of Jesus, or the birth of Christ, or the virgin birth. Um, and it starts off with John the Baptist and the beginning of Christ's earthly ministry. But for those of you that are going to be a little bit disappointed, because you were hoping to hear a little bit more of a Christmas story this morning, I got this scripture up there for you. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. See, at this time, Paul is writing to the church in, in the Galatian church, and um, there are people that are trying to continue to live by the law. That even though that they've been saved and they, and they believe in, in Jesus, they're trying to pull those, those, those religious things back into their life and tell people that you have to do this, do that, to appease God, to make him happy. And um, what I love about this particular scripture here is that it says, when a set time had finally come, which means that from the beginning of time, God knew the precise moment when he was going to enter into it, the precise moment when he was going to come into the world and redeem it. And we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior because it's the first step, the first thing that began the miracle, the biggest miracle that God would ever do Jesus would come, Emmanuel, God with us, would come, walk with us, demonstrate the kingdom of God, and die for us so that we could know him and have eternal life, live with him forever in his presence. What an amazing thing. The simplicity of the gospel. And all those who respond to the gospel with repentance will be saved. And this is the gospel, and we'll begin here in chapter 1. It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written by Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him and the people of Jerusalem. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. You see, John was recognized by the people of Judea and Jerusalem as a prophet. They saw him as a man called by God for their generation. Some thought that John might be Elisha reincarnate. Some thought maybe he was the Messiah. And he had a following of disciples and the favor of the people. But God chose that John the Baptist would come and fulfill what was written in the book of Isaiah. And God chose that he would prepare the way for the coming Messiah. 
And he was preaching and saying after me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thongs of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus to come and usher in the kingdom of God. Everything John said and did as a prophet was to point to Jesus, to point to the arrival of the one who was coming that was greater than he was, the savior of the world. It's funny in the book of Mark because it moves really, really quickly. That's when I said it's like the Cole's notes of the gospel. It really is. It moves really quickly. It doesn't go into too many details like most of the other gospels. But for the sake of time today, this is, this is perfect. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, you are my beloved son, and you I'm well pleased. I love, I love how the gospel describes what happened here at Jesus' baptism. I love the imagery here. I love how we can clearly see our triune God. We can see the Son being baptized by John the Baptist. We see the Holy Spirit descending on him. We, see, we hear the, Holy, the Heavenly Father declaring that this is the Son of God and that he is pleased in him and affirming him. We see the distinctness of the three persons of the Trinity, but yet their unity. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Immediately, the Spirit impelled him, Jesus, to go into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels were ministering to him. The title of my message this morning is The Gospel. Preach it, live it. And what do I mean when I say live the gospel? Well, number one, we see here that Jesus is baptized, and immediately after, we see the Holy Spirit come and descend on him. Jesus modeled then how to be led by the Spirit. For Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing. I think it could be safe to say that for us, that we should do as we sense God lead us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And we know from John that if we do not do things in Christ, that ultimately they're meaningless, that they don't bear eternal significance. And so as believers today, we are called to be filled with the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. John baptized in water, but Jesus baptizes the believers in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8.14. Living the gospel is being obedient to Christ, both being obedient to the Word of God and being obedient to the, and the, yield, to the yielding of the Holy Spirit. Obeying Christ means to obey the commands within Scripture. We fulfill the Great Commission, as stated in Matthew 28, by preaching the gospel and teaching all that he has commanded us. If you teach the things of the kingdom, it goes to say that we should also live by the things of the kingdom. 
We must be doers of the word, lest we delude ourselves, as it says in James 1.22. Just a few of these things that Jesus commands of us. Seek first the kingdom of God. Repent. Believe. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Forgive. Fear not. Make disciples. Lay aside your selfish ambition and follow him. The start of 2018, I think, is going to be amazing. For many years now, we have spent the first part of January of every year for probably at least eight years taking time to pray and to fast and to seek God for the direction of our church, the direction of our lives, to pray for our community, to pray for our, our politicians in, the, in provincial government and federal government. And um, if you've never fasted before and you don't know much about a biblical fast, I encourage you to go onto our website. There's a little section on there called podcast. If you go to the podcast archive, there are some messages that Pastor Lance shared back in 2013. Three really, really good messages about fasting. One is called Types of Fasting, and the other two are The Power and the Purpose of Fasting, Part 1 and Part 2. And I really encourage you, over the Christmas season, when you have some downtime or you're driving in your car, to download those, put those on your phone, and begin to learn about what the Bible has to say about fasting. And to pray and ask God but how you should fast uh, this, this week, first week of January. And um, God has blessed us as a church by giving him the first part of our year, giving him the first week. This week, this year, it's only one week. Other years, we've done three weeks. We've done 21-day fasts. Um, and there's not one church fast that we propagate and we, we demand anybody to do. It's about you seeking God yourself and saying, God, I want more of you this year. God, I want to surrender my life to you. God, I want to see your spirit move and operate in me to transform me more into your likeness. And so it's up to you to spend some time with God and, and, and learn about fasting and to choose which fast is right for you. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. That's what it says here in Mark 1, 12 and 13. That he was impelled by the Spirit to go into the wilderness. And God had a plan and a purpose in it. It wasn't random. It wasn't an accident. The Holy Spirit didn't send Jesus into the wilderness and God just was surprised that the devil was there. He knew he'd be there. And God used this event for his glory. And when I read this scripture, it encourages me that Jesus, the God-man, was tempted, but yet did not sin. And the same spirit of Christ dwells in me, which means when I am tempted, I don't have to give in to it. That the same power that, with which Jesus was able to, to flee that and uh, to resist and to overcome we have that same power in us, the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Christ was fully man and fully God. It also encourages me that I have a Savior that understands suffering. He understands the human condition. He understands hunger, for he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He knows what hunger is. He knows restlessness. He knows pain. Christ knows temptation. And he understands our plight when we go through struggles of the flesh. It encourages me that I know that my God, Jesus, will never leave me or forsake me. And the Holy Spirit will strengthen us and minister to us and develop us and help us to grow in godly character when we rely on him and trust in him to overcome those obstacles in our life, those things that are there. And even though God did not put them there, God will use them for our good and his glory. And so if you are going through a, tri a trial right now in your life, whether it be health, whether it be relational, whether it be financial, whether it be temptation of any sort, I encourage you this year, the start of 2018, to press into God, come out to the church, pray with us. It would be amazing to see all of you out on this first week. And let's start off this year with a great start, putting Christ first. Mark 1, 14 and 15, it says, John had been taken into custody. He was imprisoned. And Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of God, saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Boy, it sounds a lot like what, what John was preaching. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. John is imprisoned, and now Jesus' ministry begins. Mark 1, 16 to 20. It then goes right into Jesus choosing his disciples. And it says this, As he was going along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'll make you become fishers of men. This is the NASB, by the way, if anyone was wondering. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending their nets. Immediately, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. Just as Jesus called his disciples back then, He's calling for disciples today. When you chose to follow Christ and accept Christ into your life, there are certain things that we chose to drop. Things that did not honor God. Things that were not of God. And we chose to pursue righteousness, to pursue the face of Jesus, and to trust in him for our salvation. But there's a paradox and a huge problem when we attempt to follow Jesus but still carry around all that stuff from our former life, the sin, the baggage, 
the stuff that is not of him. And sometimes it takes an actual act of will to say, I forgive. I'm going to release that and step into what God has for me. Just as Jesus sought to turn his disciples into fishers of men, he he desires for us to be fishermen of men as well. We are called to preach the gospel, to share the good news. The worship team can come up. We're one week before Christmas. And um, I personally love Christmas time. And I'm simply having a wonderful Christmas time this year. But for, I know for a lot of people, Christmas time is not always the most amazing time. And there are people that are going through struggles this holiday season. And uh, I just want to encourage you that wherever you are, wherever you find yourself this holiday season, that you would remember the reason for the season that is about Jesus. It's about celebrating the birth of Jesus, the only begotten Son who came to the world because he loved the world so much. And remember that you are an integral part of the message being spread around our community, around Cold Lake. We're chosen by God to represent him and be a light in a dark place. Don't let the light in you get snuffed out by the busyness and preoccupation of the Christmas season. The Christmas season can bring out the best and the worst in us. It really can. But for the Christian and the follower of Christ, our lives should shine the brightest at Christmas and at Easter. There's an openness about Christ and spiritual things at this time of the year. And it would be a shame for us to miss opportunities to be able to share and speak life into our neighbors, into our friends, into our coworkers. And I encourage you this morning, invite you to pray and ask God for opportunities to share the love of God to those around you. To not do as I often do and make it about me and focus on myself, but ask God to show you those people around you that you can make a difference in their difference to in their life this holiday season. And I invite you to be intentional about sharing your hope, not just with your words, but also with your actions. Keep your spiritual eyes and ears open for opportunities to share the gospel this holiday season, this Christmas season. Don't be too busy to notice those around you that are hurting, that are lonely. If you're alone this Christmas, find a church service to attend. Find some people in our church they are going to be here at Christmas. If you know you're going to be alone, I know you're not the only one. And connect. Connect this Christmas. Don't, don't spend Christmas alone. Connect with Jesus this holiday season. Invite him into everything you do. And invite him into your holiday celebrations with your families. If you know someone that's going to be alone this holiday, this holiday um, over the next couple of weeks, maybe reach out to them. Consider inviting them to your home for something that you and your family are doing. Don't allow the enemy to ruin this Christmas 
because of entangled, weird, crazy family situations. Apparently, there's more heart attacks and strokes and crazy ailments that happen on Thanksgiving and Christmas because families get together and sometimes things get heated. But don't allow the enemy to get in there and destroy your Christmas. Let grace abound. Be quick to forgive. Be slow to anger. And let Christ be glorified this Christmas. Remember the gospel. Share it and live it. Father, this morning I thank you, God, that you are good. Lord, I thank you, God, that we are not here on our own, slugging in our own strength. But Lord, you have empowered us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, by your Holy Spirit to bring light and truth and hope to the world around us. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would not miss any opportunity. But Lord, our hearts would be open and receptive to the drawing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would see the needs around us. Lord, that we would not forsake sharing the gospel with someone, but Lord, we would dig into your word and practice sharing your word with those around us. God, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just speak it, but God, our lives would demonstrate it, God, that we would obey your commands. Lord, that we would seek to do your will this holiday season. So God, I thank you, Lord, for the birth of your son. God, I pray, Lord, that our eyes would be focused on you this Christmas. Lord, I pray you bless every family, every member of this congregation. Keep people safe on the roads as they're traveling. In Christ's name, amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.